Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What up, TCK Potters? I'm your host, Sky Guasco, joined always by my man, Lucas Kaser, and you are tuned in to the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel at the Candlestick Kids, leave a rate and review anywhere you're listening to your podcast, and follow us on IG at FantasyFootball underscore TCK Pod, and on Twitter at TCK underscore Pod. We've got a lot to cover, so let's get into it. Welcome back, TCK Potters. Sky and Lucas with you. Happy Tuesday. Hope you've had a wonderful weekend, and we're getting into another week. Mid-June already, man. We got the draft guide coming out in just three weeks. We're super stoked. We got a lot of opportunities coming down here, a lot of value for you within the draft guide. We are looking for an additional writer or two, and maybe a better term would be a contributor because it's not just writing. But we have a lot of information. Lucas and I have been behind the scenes for the last few months putting this thing together, and we're down the final stretch. So if you are interested and you're listening or you're watching on YouTube and you're interested in helping us out with this draft guide, please DM us, reach out. Um, there's all sorts of different things that uh, we have uh, available for you to contribute to, and we would appreciate the help. Um, we can offer you, uh, a obviously, the draft guide, the TCK draft guide. Of course, you will have full access to for free, and also it will guarantee you a spot in the TCK Listener League if you so choose to want to participate. So, again, if you're interested in helping us out with the draft guide, Please reach out to us, Lucas or myself, on Twitter, on Instagram. You know where to find us, and uh, please let us know, and we will be in touch. A little house cleaning done there. Lucas, how are you doing, my man? Mid-June already, bro. We're down the final stretch here. I'm doing good. Rankings are done, uh, and I'm ready to maybe, I guess, show how we would evaluate some, um, I guess you could say round-by-round, round, obviously, for this episode, but this kind of how we evaluate fantasy um, in this episode. Yeah, I'm excited, man. We're going to break down the next couple of episodes. We're going to look at the current ADP. So, again, this is mid-June. So, a lot of this is going to change for July and August getting into draft season. But we are looking at the current ADP. We are using Fantasy Football Calculator as our general kind of look in. Now, of course, many, many, many sites have a different ADP generator, right? CBS, Yahoo, ESPN, Fantasy Pros. Uh, pro football focus. I mean, there's a million spots where you can find an ADP. So they're all going to be a little bit different. In my experience, most people use the fantasy football calculator because it's kind of been around the longest and it's just easy to use. So we're going to use that in general. Obviously, if you're looking at ADP, that's a little bit different. Just cater our analysis to that. But we are using the fantasy football calculator. Lucas and I are going through the top eight rounds. This is round one through eight. We have all the positions on the board, quarterback, running backs, wide receiver, tight end. Defense and kickers are included in this ADP currently to really get an accurate um, look in. We are doing 12-team full PPR. Um, we have it set at single quarterback, so we do not have super flexed ADP going on in here. Obviously, that would be a ton of quarterbacks in the first couple rounds. We're not going to do that. Because most people, I think, still do a single quarterback, so we're going to run that way. But regular PPR, and what we're going to do is we're going to each run through each round, and Lucas and I are both going to give our favorite pick in that round, our favorite player. Maybe it's the best value. Maybe it's the best talent. Maybe it's the best position. Um, whatever it is, 
We're going to go through each round one through eight in this episode. Next episode, we're going to do 10 through six, or sorry, nine through 16 for the best late round picks. And then on Thursday and Tuesday of next week, we're actually going to do the same thing, but the worst picks or maybe our least favorable picks in those particular rounds. So it's a lot going on, but follow with us here. We'll start in the first round, man. We'll kick it right off the bat. Now we excluded CMC and Saquon out of this for obvious reasons. We both would love to have both of those guys on every single team, but that's just not realistic. So let's start at the third pick and go back through 12. Let's go with the first round. Obviously that is CMC, Saquon, Kamara, Thomas, Henry, Elliott, Mixon, Drake, Cook, Hopkins, Adams, and Tyreek Hill right now, current ADP and full PPR in the first round. Lucas, who do you prefer to have in that group currently? Yeah, so obviously, like you said, the best pick by far is CMC. I know we touched on that in our rankings. So I have Dalvin Cook all the way down here at the 109. Um, And this is is solely based off the fact that he's at the 109 due to the news that broke. But um, I guess the way I evaluate stuff is I look into more so the conceptual stuff behind it. And and his contract follows since the CBA got changed this year. The, the new rules for running backs to hold out is virtually impossible due to we've seen like one each of the last three years trying to hold out. He has to come back. If, so he's set to be a free agent. If he wants to be an unrestricted free agent, which basically means if he wants to be able to get the amount of money that he wants to get, he's going to have to be unrestricted. He has to come back for camp and at least be non-holding out or a participant in 16 games. Obviously, if he tears his ACL, that still counts but he has to be not holding out for 16 games and come back to the first day of training camp. So he, if he wants to make Saquon or was a CMC money, like he's going to have to do that. So that's that part of it. The other part of it is if he wants to be restricted, a restricted free agent, which I don't know many running backs that want to be a restricted free agent. Cause what that means is um, a team, the Vikings will place a tender on cook, probably a second round tender. Cause I don't think you can give a first round tender, that's what uh, Kareem Hunt got last year. Basically means like the Vikings value him highly, which to me, if they're not paying him yet and he has this concern, they don't really value him that highly as of now, which if you know me, uh, you don't value an injured running back highly. I think me, I think we talked about this a little bit, maybe in a dynasty episode or something like that. So if he holds out of camp, he has until week six to return from the holdout. Basically what Melvin Gordon did last year, but the rules were different. And then he's said to be a restricted free agent entering 2021. So basically what that means is he's coming back if he wants to get a chance to get paid $10 plus million. So at the 109, but I don't want to foreshadow because most people aren't drafting right now. And I don't know the situation in August. But if he's anywhere past really the five, I would say, snatch him. Because he ha- like he's going to have to come back. And even if he comes back in week six, that production from week six to – if you make it to week 16, it is worth a first-round pick. We saw that last year. He played 12 games, and he was probably worth his draft capital, which was probably right around the 109. Now, we've had uh, different scenarios with this, um, with Le'Veon Bell, of course, missing the entire season, and then Dalvin Cook, or I'm sorry, um, Melvin Gordon coming in and kind of holding out, holding out, holding out, finding out that Austin Eckler is a fucking animal, so he decided to come back. But then he was shitty for the next four games. So, really, Melvin Gordon kind of gave you half a season because of him holding out and then coming back and being lackluster. I agree with you. I am all about Dalvin Cook. Before all of this went down, I had him as my uh, number three running back. So I had CMC, Saquon, Dalvin Cook, and then the rest. Um, Obviously, he's falling now. Do you – 
with that ninth pick, if you were to pick right now, if this carries into August and you're actually in this situation because there's only two months to go, I agree with you. I don't think he's going to hold out. I think we're going to be just fine. No matter what, he's disgruntled. He's in the contract year. There's other things going on. Is it worth it for you to gamble on that ninth pick with best-case scenario, he plays, but he's unhappy. Worst-case scenario, he misses, what, four games? And then he comes mm-hmm. back, he's a little bit slow. Alexander Madison, in my opinion, could be Austin Eckler. And so if he comes back and all of a sudden Dalvin Cook's competing against a top five running back in the league who finally got an opportunity, maybe they split carries and now all of a sudden Dalvin Cook is Melvin Gordon. I think really what it comes down to for me is, like the answer is I don't know, but Zeke's ADP didn't fall last year when he had his whole thing. People Then he came back after people were drafting except for like the Labor Day weekend and people weren't scared. Dalvin Cook, like as much as it might be weird to say, was a better fantasy running back than Zeke last year. And they just added CeeDee Lamb, and their defense got worse on the Cowboys. So we don't know what's going to happen there. The line got worse with the Vikings. I, yeah, I don't know. I, personally, I think Cook will sign back to like a 7 to $9 million deal. They might front load it or something, which makes a little more sense. So I would take him at the 109 if I drafted tomorrow. I, I mean, he's my running back, I guess, 1-6 normally. Because I have Henry ahead of him. But even if he's at the six, like, take that even later. I don't think he'll fall out of round one because I think the news of the CBA is, like, visible to where, like, maybe it wouldn't have been and people wouldn't have known. Like, it came out right away. Like, this is actually what the case is. So, yeah, take him take him and run because, I mean, are you going to reach on Jacobs there? Are you going to reach on Chubb, Kenyon Drake? All guys that have question marks. But Cook really doesn't except for the injury, I guess you could say. And I guess now the – the contract but he's he's going to play yeah I agree with you I don't think he holds out either I think that honestly I feel kind of bad for running backs man uh because you know they don't really have a choice and we're just going to see every single young running back at this point hold out at least say that they're going to because you know Mixon's coming up Chubb's coming up you know you're gonna have Aaron Jones coming up I mean these kind of guys uh unfortunately just have to play this game nowadays all right I am with you, man. Dalvin Cook's a great pick. I didn't pick him because I just – there's so many question marks going on right now that I'm, I'm just not sure. I'm going to go with my man, Alvin Kamara. Right now, he's number three off the board. Um, he is behind CMC and Saquon ahead of Zeke Elliott, ahead of Derrick Henry. I have also got him at number three. Alvin Kamara in a full PPR league, man. 13 touchdowns as a rookie, 18 in his sophomore season, just six last year but he played at basically 75% on one leg and he is literally the most elusive running back in the league when healthy over his first two years. He was not last year. I think he comes back just fine. They bring up Manny Sanders, who I think is actually going to help kind of pull away linebackers and those dump offs to Alvin Kamara. He's had 81 receptions exactly in his first three years. I love Alvin Kamara. He's surprisingly a goal back. He's a great, great, great pass catcher. Um, he's in on every down. He's basically a three down back. Latavius Murray is a top five back if Alvin Kamara gets hurt, but Latavius Murray is not going to play much if Alvin Kamara is healthy. So I think he's just healthy, uh, just healthy enough now to really believe in him. He was my number four back behind Dalvin Cook. Obviously, Dalvin Cook falling now, so I've got Alvin Kamara now at my running back number three and three overall in drafts ahead of Michael Thomas as well. So, all right, man, we've got Dalvin Cook and Alvin Kamara in the first round. Again, this is if we can pick and choose who we would want in these particular rounds. We are not drafting a team. We're just simply picking about the, talking about the players in each round. All right, you got Dalvin Cook at nine. I've got Alvin Kamara at three. Let's go to the second round, man. Coming back around, let's list it off quick. Jacobs, Julio Jones, Chubb, Sanders, Eckler, Patrick Mahomes right now in the middle of the second round ADP, Aaron Jones, Chris Godwin, CEH, 
Travis Kelsey, Lamar Jackson, and Todd Gurley in the second round. Who is your best pick in the second round currently? Yeah, I kind of have two because I think they're kind of similar. So Austin Eckler at the 205 and Clyde Edwards-Alaire at the 209. To me, these running backs have top five potential just due to the situation they're in. And we've seen that with Eckler last year. And now we get an upgraded version on the Chiefs offense with Clyde Edwards-Alaire. So really, I guess the theme of this is take shots on upside here because even at their floor, they're still RB2s anyways. And I guess the way I play, I usually will go running back in round one, maybe reach on a guy here or there. But I think that uh, I didn't know where these guys' ADP was going to be by August. I figured they'd be back in round one, but not that I don't think Hilaire's at the 209, but I think they're going to be right around the turn in round two. And if you have a turn pick, capitalize that all day. Take, take a chub, and then one of these guys have the safe floor with tons of upside for both of them and Nick Chubb, really, too. So I just like the pass catching non-workhorse backs, but have given or have a visible path to workhorse roles like we saw last year with Eckler and probably with Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Yeah, I think that's a great call. And both of those guys are PPR monsters, of course, if they get their opportunity. Eckler now finally the starter and CEH, man. The more and more I read up on this guy and watch film and know about the whole Brian Westbrook relation and Andy Reid handpicking him at the end of the draft, the first running back off the board, which CEH was not in the conversation for the top running back coming in, but he fits the system just perfectly. We all know that Damian Williams has been a beast because of the opportunity, not necessarily because of the talent. I totally agree with you, man. Those are two excellent picks. And if you're able to – if Dalvin Cook does play a full 16 and you pair him up with one of these two guys, man, you are sitting pretty. I would love that with Alvin Kamara as well. They're all kind of the same back. Uh, I'm going to take a different approach just for sake of argument, and I'm going to go more on the wide receiver side of things. Um, everybody knows I love my man Julio Jones. Uh, he's going as the second pick in the second round. I think that is legit in – home leagues, like standard regular person leagues, leagues that you and I play in, the more uh, the kind of analyst leagues, if you will. I think Julio starts to fall because of the age and the question mark of Ridley and all this shit. So I think you even get better value in the more kind of experienced leagues. But in a home league at the second pick, I love Julio Jones. Um, however, I'm going to dial it back a little bit. And Chris Godwin is sitting here at the end of the, uh, the, end of the second round. Now, again, in the analyst leagues that you and I play in, I think he and Julio are switched, but in home leagues and what people are really dealing with, with current regular ADP, uh, you're going to get Godwin at the middle to the back end of the second round. And in my opinion, it's a steal. Um, he's a number one receiver. I know that Evans is also, but I think Chris Godwin is legit a number one receiver in the league. Tom Brady is going to, going to load him up. Arians is going to load him up. He's got the touchdown upside. He's got the big playability upside. He's got the PPR upside where he could catch at least a hundred balls and get over 1,200, 1,300 yards and double-digit touchdowns. So not Julio upside, like 300 yards per game upside, but he does have, you know, 120 yards per game with eight to ten catches every single week with a touchdown or two. Um, and we know that the Bucks obviously trust him. So I love Chris Godwin, man. And, and to get this value here at the second um, – the back of the second round, I think, would be great. So if I were able to team up an Alvin Kamara and a Chris Godwin – um, around pretty much the same pick here, I would be absolutely thrilled. So you're going to go with uh, Austin Eckler and CEH and stick with that PPR juggernaut running back. Great call. I'm actually going to go on the wide receiver tip and make sure I'm balanced in the first two rounds with Julio Jones, uh, but also Chris Godwin. And I think if I had to pick one or the other, I think I would go Chris Godwin as much as I love my man, Julio Jones. All right, let's dive into the third round here. Coming back around on the corner, we have Evans, Galladay, Fournette, Kittle, Melvin Gordon, Thielen, David Johnson. 
middle of the third round. We got to talk about that. Le'Veon Bell, middle of the third round. We got to talk about that. Amari Cooper, your boy Odell Beckham, James Conner, pretty high as well, and Cooper Cup. I think a lot of great floors, a few upsides, but a lot of question marks here in this third round. What are you feeling? Yes, my favorite pick here at the 310 is Odell. No, I'm just kidding. It's not Odell. It makes sense. It makes sense. I, I didn't pick it because I knew you would. <laughs> Three six, uh, Adam Thielen. I uh, know if you listen to the wide receiver rankings video, the opportunities there, the talents there. We've seen it before. Um, I, if you go back and listen, basically, um, if you want the, the brief version, it was people are thinking that he's going to be injured, which, yeah, he got injured one year. The two pre- prior seasons, he played 16 games, finished as wide receiver seven, wide receiver eight. Now probably his only reason for not being a top five fantasy wide receiver is gone. That could hurt. That could help. Their cornerbacks are gone. Literally, they lost every single starting corner in their nickel set. Not good for the team. Great for fantasy football because they're going to be losing. They pass, it, they pass at the fifth highest rate when losing the last three seasons. So it's, it's an easy pick. Yeah, you maybe mess with an injury, but I think it was like a .7 games percentage like projected to miss or some, not nothing to be worried about. So, yeah, Adam Thielen here, um, about as safe as a wide receiver one as I think as you can get. Obviously, there's Julio and stuff like that. But in round three, it's you're not messing with any boom-bust games. You're not messing with other competition. You're not really messing with the quarterback. Offensive line's good, so it's an easy pick for me. Yeah, I agree. I think that's a great call. And I'm starting to come around on on Adam Thielen. I was, I was gun-shy because I actually drafted him the last two years uh, because I loved him kind of as he was coming up and he crushed. So I drafted him again. And, of course, he got hurt, which you can't control injuries. Um, but I missed him for those handful of weeks, man. And it was, it was brutal. I actually, in my league of record, I had, uh, I went kind of accidentally, um, I went uh, zero RB, just that's how the draft fell to me last year. And I went with Devontae Adams, Adam Thielen, and I can't remember the third one, but it was somebody, oh, it was like OJ Howard in the fourth round or something like that. And on paper preseason, it looked monstrous. Yeah. And of course it just crumbled around me and, and, and didn't work out. Oh, Joe Mixon was the other one. Um, yeah. where he, he didn't really come on until the second half. So that team on paper preseason was killer. But by the time I got to week six, my team was fucked. And I just I, – I couldn't, I couldn't recover at that point. All right, man, I think that's a great call. I am going to go with Kenny Galladay here. Uh, lead, led the league in touchdowns. That's 11, um, only on 116 targets. Uh, so he can definitely improve there. Obviously, Matt Stafford went down midseason as well. Um, I, I think that Kenny Galladay really has – I think he has the opportunity in a perfect situation where Matt Stafford plays an entire season to literally be a top three wide receiver with his upside. He's very young. Um, He and Matt Stafford have a great connection nowadays. And again, I hate to keep using this comparisons, but they're real. We saw what um, uh, Calvin Johnson and and Matt Stafford were able to do for many years. And I do believe that Kenny Galladay is starting to move in that direction. I love me some Marvin Jones. We all know that. Uh, but Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay can both eat in this offense. We've seen it the last two years. Marvin Jones had a really tough time staying healthy. So in the third round, I'm going to go with Kenny Galladay. I did have an alternate here, and I want to just run this by you really quick. Travis Kelsey's gone in the second round. George Kittle is in the kind of the late first part of the third round. I had him as kind of my alternate here. How do you feel quickly about you know, taking a tight end in the third round if you're able to get him. Now, in the second round, I'm not taking a quarterback. I'm not taking a tight end, period. But in the third round, if I have a strong running back and a strong um, wide receiver or two of each position, how would you feel about taking Kittle here in the, maybe the middle of the third round? 
Yeah, no, I don't mind. There's tons of data showing the the dip in fantasy points per game between the rounds for quarterbacks and tight ends. And it's basically like if you're watching on YouTube, like this for quarterbacks and then tight ends, it's like this. So like basically what I'm saying is like you 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 take Kelsey or Kittle or you take three guys at the end of your draft. There's no reason yes. to take anybody in between. Like Kelsey and Kittle, I don't know the exact like finish if they were a wide receiver, but every year it seems to be like right around receiver 15-ish range. And I know like Kenny Galladay, Adam Thielen, Cooper, they're all going to be better than wide receiver 15 probably. But then you have to factor in the positional advantage, which I don't like throwing that in a lot because in the end, it's just whoever scores the most fantasy points. So I don't really think – you're not playing – I mean, there is leagues, like Roto Leagues, where you play like head-to-head, like quarterback, who scored the most one point on each side. But like it's not really a thing. So like the positional advantage is there – but to me, that's like you're thinking about this way too hard. Just take the players that score you fantasy points week in and week out. And, yeah, George Kittle, he is like – I don't want to say Debo and Brandon Ayuk really aren't receivers, but they're really not. They're just running backs that have set touches. Kittle is a true wide receiver. He runs a route, and then he, they rely on him to get yak, make plays, make, move the ball downfield, where Debo and Brandon Ayuk, they just, like a, from what I watched, they just rely on them to get first downs to – just be consistent. So, yeah, I think Kittle is very good here. I was all over him last year and right around this ADP. I don't mind Kelsey in round two. Um, late round two, though. I can't do it early because I would probably take every, even up to Aaron Jones would be like my cutoff, and then I'd probably go Kelsey. I don't think I'd mess with Gurley, Fournette, Melvin Gordon. So, I think there's definitely room to work here. But at the two, 204, yeah, I think it's perfect for where Kittle's going um, on this ADP. Yeah, and actually he's going at the 304. 304, my bad, yeah. I know you meant. But, yeah, in, in the, in the you know, top couple picks of the fourth round, I agree with you, I would go with Kittle. But at the end of the day, I think I'm going to go with Kenny Galladay just because that huge upside, um, again, I could see him getting similar numbers, bigger numbers. I mean, 100 yards a game. Um, oh, he almost averaged a touchdown a game. Uh, and, obviously, he's a huge target. He also led the league in red zone targets the year before that. So, they're obviously uh, gunning for him down there. So, like that with Kenny Galladay, and you went with Adam Thielen. So two receivers in the third round. Let's go to the fourth round here. Coming around the corner, Allen Robinson, Juju, Carson, DJ Moore, Calvin Ridley, Singletary, Jonathan Taylor, David Montgomery, Raheem Mostert, all the way up in the fourth round. Robert Woods, A.J. Brown, and D.K. Metcalf. So two big-time sophomore wide receivers there on the back end. And then, um, you know, two uh, should-be wide receiver ones in the front end there. How do you feel about round four? Yeah, this is this is the round where, like, I will go wide receiver every single draft because this is where – I mean, I could pick seven guys here that I think are great picks. Uh, to me, it's Calvin Ridley at the 405 with the alternate Robert Woods. I mean, I have Ridley ranked probably super, super high compared to everyone else. And if you listen to the wide receiver rankings, you know why. Um, vacated production, talent, pass-heavy offense, lack of defensive – strength you could say and I can comp it to the Chris Godwin situation because that was exactly why Chris Godwin was going in the fourth and fifth round last year and he broke out um he's a good football player but he broke out due to the opportunity there um and then Robert Woods for some reason people don't like to think he's a good receiver he is he last year just started slow then finished like literally as a top 12 wide receiver um someone has to take the Brandon Cooks role and I don't think five foot ten Cooper Cup or slot receiver uh Van Jefferson are going to take it and I think it's going to be all Woods role so I like those two guys there as – I mean, most of my drafts, I'm probably coming out with them as my wide receiver one. 
But if they're your two or your flex, like watch out. You're gonna be you're gonna be firing at all cylinders starting the year. It's crazy, man. That the you know you and I did the, the tight end premium mock draft on Sleeper uh, last week with with a bunch of our homies and everybody in that in that particular draft you know does this consistently like you and I do, and it was it was stupid the amount of running backs that came off. Mm-hmm. I mean the, the the type of wide receivers in the fourth round, fifth round, sixth round of that draft were insane, and we're already starting to see that here, right in the fourth round. I agree with you, man. I would be comfortable with. Allen Robinson, Juju, DJ Moore, Calvin Ridley, Robert Woods, AJ Brown, and DK Metcalf, if I had to, and I had three stud running backs, or if any of these guys were my number two wide receiver, and I had two stud running backs, or somebody in Kittle in the mix or whatever, I would feel just fine about it. So I'm with you there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with my man Juju. I know I made kind of a strong claim during the wide receiver breakdown. I had him at number eight. Uh, I posted that on Instagram, and I had a couple of people kind of on the train. I had a lot of people like, bro, what the fuck are you thinking? And obviously, I understand the concerns of Big Ben. However, you have mentioned multiple times, Big Ben is not going to come back unless he's fully healthy at 38 years old, right? Like, he would just retire if he wasn't. He talked about mm-hmm. retiring the last couple of seasons. He's back for one more. He got, you know, cut out in the first game of the season last year. Juju had a terrible season. The Steelers in general were, were horrible on offense. I think they really recover this year, and I think Juju is a huge part of that. They're talking about moving him back into the slot where he absolutely dominated with Antonio Brown last year. They have Deontay Johnson on the outside. They've got James Washington. They've got Chase Claypool. They have Eric Ebron as well. I mean, all these weapons, I think, help Juju, to be honest, if he is in the slot. We see Chris Godwin dominate in the slot. Odell Beckham has even you know moved in the slot over the years. Tyler Lockett, some of these guys that, that, you know, Julio Jones, when he moves in the slot, it's an automatic reception. That's just how it goes because it's mismatches. So I think Juju's that guy. I expect a huge bounce back. And we see the recency bias because of last year. Juju down here in the fourth round. Again, if he's my wide receiver two or even three, if I somehow go with, with a different draft here, um, I would be absolutely thrilled here. So obviously I love Calvin Ridley. We've talked about him a lot. Uh, and Robert Woods as well. My two picks in this particular round would be Juju. And then my alternate, I think, would be DK Metcalf over A.J. Brown. I love A.J. Brown. I just don't think there's enough enough uh, work to go around there just yet, although I do love him if my, he's my maybe wide receiver three. DK Metcalf, I think, just leaps Tyler Lockett this year, period. I think he's going to have a huge uh, season. Allen Robinson and DJ Moore, um, for me, there's just too many question marks. I love DJ Moore in, in PPR. Um, but I just think the touchdown upside is limited with Teddy and that offense in general. So um, I'm going to go with Juju, and then my alternate would be DK Metcalf here in the fourth round. Neither one of us went with running backs. So that's Carson Singletary, Jonathan Taylor, David Montgomery, Raheem Mostert. Um, quick thoughts on those five running backs going in the fourth round. Yeah, I mean, I think they're just all risky. And, I mean, I can go through Chris Carson injury, uh, like nine other running backs in the backfield prior by the time the season starts. Singletary, I just – I just think Zach Moss is a superior running back to him. And I think that Singletary's – the way he plays makes no sense to fit in the Bills' offense. And I think we kind of saw that last year in the playoffs when they just, like, barely used him. They just gave him, like, little touches here and there, which is why I think he's still good fantasy value, but not in the fourth round. Jonathan Taylor, I just don't think due to the lack of training camp, the virtual system, everything that kind of has happened, they're not going to throw Marlo Mack out the curb. I think there's a real – season normal training camp Jonathan Taylor would have smoked by the Mack in training camp and they would have cut him for nothing just to save some money but that's not the case I think they're going to go 30 not not a one two three punch with Naeem Hines that's what they're saying with Bob Mack Naeem Hines Jonathan Taylor but it's not going to be 
maybe running back two value if he breaks a bunch of touchdowns and is the main goal line back, but I really don't think he will be. Montgomery, I mean, as much as I think he's going to bounce back, and I think he's a good pick. Eh, I don't think it's the best pick in the draft, you could say, staying on title with the podcast. And then Raheem Mostert, uh, I know we both like him, but he didn't start a single game last year. He didn't start any of the playoff games. Um, I'll have a chart in the, the draft guy with the whole teammate battles thing, like breaking down each game for all four running backs um, and then adding in Jarek McKinnon now too. So we'll see how that all plays out. So really, I guess what I'm saying is like take the proven wide receiver one and a half so that are like on the turn of 12 to 15 range because in the end those are like a three-point gap anyway. So they're basically all wide receiver ones and just prioritize running backs earlier. Yeah, I like that. And actually, I like some of these. I like Chris Carson overall. I like Jonathan Taylor, obviously, with the upside. I like Demont, and I like Mostert. But I like all those guys in the fifth or sixth round. Mm-hmm. I just think the fourth round, there's, there's just too much value here with the wide receivers as we're seeing in the current ADP. All right, man, let's turn it around on the fifth round. We're halfway through this here. We'll go with the fifth round here. Mark Andrews, Mark Ingram, Keenan Allen, Zach Ertz, Cortland Sutton, Hilton, Diggs, Kareem Hunt, Kyler Murray. Tyler Lockett, Cam Akers, and DJ Chark, fifth round. Yep, mine is the 5'10", Tyler Lockett. Um, I know I had mixed emotions on him last year because I didn't think the touchdown rate was sustainable to the way the offense sort of forecasted. Now that I dig into it, he did it again. He proved us wrong. And I went and looked at this Russell Wilson's gameplay, and every single year it seems Russell Wilson's right around the 7% touchdown rate. And if you know me, you know that has to drop down, right, based on just averages and numbers, but it never drops down. He's had, like, one year of an actual, like, 4.9 TD rate. So, really, when it comes down to the 5'10", and you're taking Lockett, who's wide receiver 17 with, like, six points away from being the wide receiver 12, like, he's a wide receiver 2 that is going to get 1,000 yards. He had 80 receptions last year, chalked him in for right around 80. And this competition is – I know we like DK, but a one-dimensional sophomore receiver that didn't develop – not even a half route tree till the end of the season. So like Lockett is, he's another Adam Thielen, Calvin Ridley, Robert Woods type receiver that you can put in and not have to worry about. I get that he dropped a zero on you in your game to go to the fantasy championship, but Mike Evans dropped a zero with 200 plus air yards in week four. So like it happens. You can't bank on this. Like, Oh, he's in my lineup. That's 15 points every game. And he had 14.5 points a game with having a zero. That's how good he is. So I think just buy into that at the, what I say, five ten. That's a smash every time. Yeah, I like that, and I I don't hate Tyler Lockett. I just I personally think that DK Metcalf is just going to take over that alpha role this year. However, there's no denying uh, the efficiency of Russell Wilson and Tyler Lockett. I've been saying since we started this podcast three seasons ago um, that Tyler Lockett can't keep it up every single year. I say mm-hmm. that he can't keep it up. He's a fade. He's a fade. He's a fade, and he just keeps punching me right in the face. Yeah. So. No more, no more disrespect on Tyler Lockett. I just would rather have uh, DK Metcalf. Um, but obviously, Tyler Lockett's a great – again, you're, maybe your wide receiver two or, or three uh, would be absolutely killer with some great running backs there. All right, I'm going to go with Mark Ingram here in the fifth round. And this basically comes down to, again, if you are – if you somehow fade intentionally or just that's how the draft falls and you fade running backs and you're in the fourth, fifth, sixth round, you need to find starters. Now – Lucas and I are maybe the biggest J.K. Dobbins fans around right now, and we believe that he will be the guy eventually, if not this year, definitely later, maybe halfway through the season. However, like Jonathan Taylor, I don't think he's going to be the guy week one and maybe through week four. So I'll take Mark Ingram and his 15 touchdowns last year and the fact that he's been over 1,000 yards pretty much every single season of his career and the fact that he's had double-digit touchdowns in the last two seasons as well. 
Mark Ingram was just fine. Um, I do believe that, again, they're going to ride him until his body gives up or his production gives up. I don't think either one of those things happened within the first couple of weeks other than a fluke injury. So in the fifth round, I think that I'm thinking of myself through a draft. I've either gone running back, running back, receiver, receiver, or receiver, 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 running back or something, or I've got a tight end in the mix. And Mark Ingram would be, would be a great RB2 at worst, um, or even an RB3 uh, or four, depending on how you draft. So I think that's a good – Good smash there. My alternate in this round would be a different, uh, either a tight end or a quarterback. Okay, so I'm not about quarterback or tight end, as I mentioned, the second round, maybe Kittle in the third. But I'm looking here at Kyler Murray actually going ahead of Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson, and Deshaun Watson in current ADP. He's in the fifth round here. If you're in any sort of bonus leagues or four-point touchdown pass leagues where Kyler Murray and guys that run get that advantage, him in the fifth round here, if you have two solid running backs, two solid uh, wide receivers or a big time tight end. I think he would be a nice little alternate here. Also, same discussion with Zach Ertz and Mark Ingr or Mark Andrews, where you lock up that tight end as well. And that's a onesie position in this draft. So you basically just forget about that for the rest of your draft. So if you're good at running back, you're good at receiver, and you're looking at maybe looking to fill one of these top end guys before you start dropping in tiers, Kyler Murray, I think would be great in the fifth or even Zach Ertz or uh, Mark Andrews. And of course we talked about the tight ends in depth on our last episode when we went through the tight end premium draft. So just want to think of like different mindsets here a little bit. Uh, so for me, it's Mark Andrews, uh, or excuse me, Mark Ingram at, uh, it would be five, um, let's see, five, two, you have five ten for Tyler Lockett. I would also throw in Kyler Murray or the tight end Zach Ertz or Mark Andrews. All right, man, sixth round. Uh, we are going this way, this way, this way, this way, this way, this way. All right, we're coming back around here. Let's look at Debo Samuel. Terry McLaurin, Darren Waller, Dak Prescott, DeAndre Swift, A.J. Green, Russell Wilson, Devontae Parker, Marquise Brown, Deshaun Watson, Darius Geis, and Jarvis Landry in round six. Yeah, this one is pretty easy. Uh, to me, it's Jarvis Landry at the 6-12. I honorable mention Marquise Brown, if you can afford to take the, the risk that is there. But Jarvis Landry was wide receiver 14 last year. And I read that and I was like, wait, what the heck? Look, is that actually true? And full point PPR, obviously. I I have touched on it with the whole Odell situation and now applying that to Landry. Adam Thielen played the slot for the Vikings, right? Everyone knows that. Landry plays the slot for the Browns. Landry constantly finishes better than Odell. Finishes better than really he's he's constantly the best receiver on this team. A team that's gonna utilize the short game, the slot. And Landry is going three three rounds less than him I don't know how many picks that is 30 picks like I just don't see why you would even want to reach on that the only concern is he did have surgery uh back in like March or February but we haven't heard anything bad so that to me that means he's going to be fine it wasn't like a, a surgery and hopefully you're ready to go by the time the season starts but he's just another PPR guy that if he's your flex that constantly gets you 10 to 11 points a game it's perfect I know people harp on the whole upside thing and I don't want to finish fifth in my league but what does that mean? Like, I hate when people say that because, like, what does that truly actually mean? Because if you're getting your wide receiver three to finish at PPR receiver 14, isn't that upside to me? Like, isn't that what's going to get you winning your league, not finishing fifth place? Because in the end, like I said, you're just trying to score more points than the person you're playing. You can't control what they score, but you can control what you score by how you draft your team. Dude, that's perfect. And, and again, you and I try, you know, we talk through these episodes to make sure that we're on the same page with, what we're going to do and share spreadsheets, of course, like everybody else. But 
on particular episodes like this one, we purposely did not talk about who our picks were going to be so that we see if we're on the same page. And actually, so far throughout this entire first five rounds, we have not had the same pick. Uh, this round, I agree with you. I'm with Jarvis Landry as well. My honorable mention would be Dak Prescott. Again, same thing. If you have the bulk of the rest of your roster signed up with two or three guys in each position, I think Dak Prescott with all his weapons in this offense, I think can just literally be the number one if, if Mahomes or uh, Lamar take a step back. So Dak Prescott would be my honorable mention. However, let's talk about Jarvis Landry some more here. Uh, we are, uh, you know, I've been um, locking up our player profiles and our team outlook breakdowns that you can find in the draft guide coming up July 6th. And I just finished up the Browns and I was really surprised actually, man, because I know we talk a lot of shit, you and I on, on the podcast about Odell and everything else. And it's mostly just tongue in cheek fun, but I really dove into this for this player profile. And it was interesting because you're absolutely right. The last couple of seasons, Jarvis Landry has legit been better than Odell Beckham. He doesn't have the flash. He doesn't have the mouthpiece. But he definitely has the same swagger. And obviously those guys were, you know, BFFs in real life and teammates and whatever at LSU and stuff. So I really broke it down. Jarvis Landry, 564 career receptions are the most by any player over their first six seasons. He's never missed a game. I love that. The durability there. He's never missed a game in his uh, six-year career. He talked about the ADP and we talked about the finish. I broke down the ADP since he came in the league in 2014 his ADP going into that draft season and what his actual finish was. And I was very surprised. Let me just run this down real quick. 2014, he was a rookie. He did not have an ADP. At least that was listed because he was just kind of unknown. Finishes the wide receiver 31. Now, again, this is four years of the Browns being absolutely horrendous. Uh, you know, mind you, he was in Miami, of course, for four years as well with kind of Tannehill and a bunch of other goofs. So 2014, no ADP finishes wide receiver 31. 2015, he gets the respect. He gets the ADP 17, pretty solid. Finishes the wide receiver 9. 2016, ADP 15, wide receiver 13. 2017, ADP number 29, somehow he falls off. Finishes as the wide receiver 5 in 2017. 2018, ADP 17. That was the year, the only year that he finished under that and was by one spot, wide receiver 18. Last year, ADP 28, finishes the wide receiver 12. So every single season, he's basically been in that like back end uh, wide receiver two ADP, and he finishes as either a front end wide receiver two or a back end wide receiver one. So Jarvis Landry, absolutely stellar. I'm with you. He's not sexy in that, you know, he's going to score a bunch of touchdowns per se. However, another interesting stat that I found is granted, he has played two more seasons than Michael Thomas and Tyreek Hill. However, both of those guys, would you agree, are definitely the alpha wide receiver ones on their respective teams, correct? Yeah, yep. And, and Jarvis Landry is not, correct? And really never has been. No, he's just a, yeah, he's been like a 1B. He's the second tier. A, yeah. Okay, cool. So he has 32 career touchdowns, Jarvis Landry does. That is more so far than Michael Thomas and Tyreek Hill both. Now, again, he's played two more seasons, but they play different roles, more dominant roles with Tyreek Hill and Michael Thomas. So I thought that was very interesting that he is up there with the big dogs as far as the touchdowns. So he does score touchdowns. Um, and I think he just kind of is a, a non-sexy, you know, better version at this point of a Julian Edelman. And all of us were kind of worried about Julian Edelman, but he gets you that, again, wide receiver 12 by the end of the year. You're getting that kind of value in the sixth round where you have three stud running backs, two stud wide receivers and Jarvis Landry is your third guy in a PPR league. I, I, uh, I've never been a huge Jarvis Landry guy um, just because again, I thought the floor was always like his max, 
Um, but he's just so consistent. He's so dialed up. He and Baker Mayfield, I think, are really dialed in right now. And if Odell doesn't get his shit together, again, it's going to be Jarvis Landry uh, for the third year in a row. So I'm with you, man. In the back of the sixth round, I'm going to go with uh, Jarvis Landry as well with an alternate of Dak Prescott. All right, two more rounds here, man. Sony Michelle kicks off the seventh round. Rob Gronkowski, Brandon Cooks, Evan Ingram, Damian Williams, Keyshawn Vaughn, Michael Gallup, J.K. Dobbins, Tom Brady in the seventh round. Drew Brees, Ronald Jones, and Tyler Boyd. Who do you got in the seventh round? Yeah, this one, it's weird that I'm going to say this, but it's Brandon Cooks at the seven. Three, I believe. Yeah, seven, three. So the Texans have 150 vacated targets. That's kind of obviously DeAndre Hopkins is gone. And really, who do they have to fill it? Randall Cobb, okay, he plays a slot. Give him his set targets. Give him some of those, but in reality, he's probably just going to take away from Kute and Stills and blah, blah, blah. Uh, Brandon Cooks, in the last five years, you would think he's really injury prone. He's missed two games in the last five years. Last year, yeah, he was just kind of – he got banged up a couple times and had to leave the game, but you can't really, like, project that. Like, that's going to happen to players. Um, just in reality, it's going to happen. So, I'm not worried about the injury. Sports injury prediction gave him a 39% chance to miss at least two quarters with only 0.2 projected, like, games to, like, fully miss in total. So, it's not like, yes, it's a thing, but so is so many receivers in this range. Um, 150 vacated targets. Okay, who's going to fill? Like I said, Will Fuller, Randall Cobb, Kute, Stills, Cooks. Uh, Fuller played 11 games last year. The most games he's ever played is his rookie season. At, uh, it was 14 games. So he was injury prone then too. And he had 92 targets. So really, are we going to try and project him to get more than 100 targets in his fifth year? He's gotten injured literally for four years in a row. No, I don't think you can. I think you give him right around 70 to 80 that leaves about 70 – or that's 10 more than last year. So, at least about 140 vacated targets. I don't know. Give 30 of those, 40 of those to Cobb and then take away from Kute Stills, whatever the training camp battles play out. And Cooks is sitting there with 72 targets last year and over 110 the last four years prior to that. Like, he's a good football player, downfield stretcher. I don't see an alpha on this team, and no one else does because they think Cooks is an injury-prone receiver just throw him away. But in reality, when I look at it, it's kind of like it's a, it's a, it's a, like it's, a, it's there for the taking in the seventh round. Someone has to win the job, or else this team is going to suck. And we all know this team every year somehow finishes nine and seven, all the way up to eleven. Because Watson's fucking phenomenal. Yeah, and he's going to have to throw it to someone. So I'm going to bind to the guy that yeah, concussions are a thing, but that's a thing with like it's, there's so many injury prone players, and like everyone goes off how many total games they played. Like the argument for like Odell was like. He didn't play – he only played 14 games. Well, only one receiver in the top 25 played 16 games. So, like, it, that's not an argument anyways now anymore. Players do load management. Players get hurt. So, just take the upside of Cooks to finish back as a wide receiver, at least two, if he just plays full 16 with the Texans. Because we know Will Fuller is not playing a full 16. We know Cobb is just going to be a target hog. And then Kute and Stills, my thinking is they would have done it by now with the opportunity they had last year and as long as they've been in the league. Um, and they went out and they took on Brandon Cook's contract for a reason. They didn't just get rid of Nuke and say, all right, we'll just give you our second-round pick to take on a more expensive contract for a guy we're not going to use. So it's weird to say, but I think he'll be a good uh, – probably the, be- I don't know if it's the, the best pick in this round, but I think he'll stay right around here the whole summer. So he's a good guy. that like, You could take a shot on him as your, 
I mean, the way I play it, probably my wide receiver two, my flex, but in reality, like, that's that's pretty good value, taking a shot on a potential back-end wide receiver one, I think. Thousand-yard receiver pretty much every single season that he's been healthy, man. Brandon Cook should be just fine. I'm with you. It's, it's interesting that he keeps moving teams because there's some – I mean, it's the money or the situation, whatever. Uh, but he's still a young talent, and I like that pick a lot there. I'm going to ride my boy Michael Gallup, man. I know he has been – completely thrown in the trash here because of the C.D. Lamb situation. But here's the reality. Michael Gallup, first of all, had a huge Week 17 when Amari Cooper was out. Amari Cooper's not going to be in Dallas next year. I just believe that. So it's in the Cowboys' best interest to really see what's up with Michael Gallup. And I think Dak knows that as well as Dak is still kind of playing for his situation. So the, only, the, the, the concern is that with C.D. Lamb coming in, he's going to take Michael Gallup's targets. Now, that just isn't valid, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, you just talked about Randall Cobb. You mentioned him. So he moves over to Houston. Randall Cobb was the slot receiver last year in Dallas. CeeDee Lamb now comes in to be Randall Cobb, essentially, and run the slot, I would imagine, or that's Michael Gallup. Either way, they run the slot. And the slot position, Randall Cobb last year, had 83 targets alone. 83 targets alone. Michael Gallup had 112, and Amari Cooper had 119. We just mentioned on the previous episode with Blake Jarwin, who's another one of my boys. We'll talk about him later on. The tight end position last year for Dallas had 124 targets. There's plenty to go around in this offense, not to mention all of Zeke Elliott's rushing ability. The Cowboys run a lot of plays. Okay, They're going to have the ball a lot, and they're going to score a lot. And I don't, I'm not concerned about Randall or um, CeeDee Lamb coming in as a rookie in year one with not an offseason to really connect with Randall Cobb or uh, Dak Prescott, excuse me, uh, and just take over Michael Gallup's position. People are talking right now like Michael Gallup is just fucking vanishing as like not a receiver anymore in this offense. And frankly, I think that's bullshit. So I'm going to stick with Michael Gallup. Um, And in the seventh round, I mean, what, just two months ago, we were drafting Michael Gallup in like the fourth round because we saw what he can do. We know that he's going to be a beast and potentially be the number one next year if Amari Cooper moves on. So for me, getting Michael Gallup now at – the value of the middle of the seventh round, in my opinion, is a steal. I'm going to ride him as my wide receiver, what, three at this point. Um, and if, you know, Amari gets hurt, which he's had injury trouble over his career, and it's Michael Gallup and CeeDee Lamb all of a sudden, Michael Gallup could potentially have, you know, 180 targets or something ridiculous and just, I think, get absolutely insane. So Michael Gallup is my guy in the seventh. And then I just want to throw this in there. My alternate in this range would be J.K. Dobbins, who is starting to climb and starting to climb and starting to climb. Uh, I know that he's maybe you and my favorite, you know, rookie running back this particular season outside of CEH because of the opportunity that should uh, eventually get to him and uh, Jonathan Taylor with the bushy situation with the Colts. But I mentioned in my Ravens article, which I wrote as well, um, that if I get Mark Ingram, which I just said that I would in the fifth round, if I get Mark Ingram, I'm going to reach for J.K. Dobbins in the seventh, which might look weird on paper and look weird on draft day to get two of the same teammates in the fifth and the seventh round because you only play them one at a time. But the reality is if Mark Ingram's Mark Ingram, then I, I just waste a pick on, on uh, J.K. Dobbins. No big deal. Mark Ingram goes down. I have a young, fresher, stronger, faster Mark Ingram in J.K. Dobbins who just picks up that slack in that Ravens offense. I feel good about it. So I'm going to go with Michael Gallup at 7-6 uh, and J.K. Dobbins right after him at um, – the next pick, seven, eight. So I like those uh, those two picks there. You went with Brandon Cooks. All right, man, we have one round left. Let's get into it. And eighth round here, Will Fuller, Hayden Hurst, Matt Ryan, Marlon Mack, Tyler Higby, your boy Jules, 
Julian Edelman, Deontay Johnson, Alexander Madison climbing the charts here. Hunter Henry, Matt Breida, Aaron Rodgers, and James White finishing out the eighth round. Well, I mean, my pick's super easy. It's Edelman all day, so I, I don't need to give my reasoning why for some of the wide receiver rankings. Yet again, people are way too low, and I think my ranking's too low at 16. I touched upon why the departure of a below-average quarterback the last two seasons does not influence the number one receiver on the team. Um, so I won't even talk about him. I think my other one is Madison. And I think I would take him all the way up to the sixth round, not based on the fact that he's going to be the workhorse, but based on the fact that my, my injury concerns are still valid. The, the percentage injury, re-injury chance, the history does not go away because he wants a new contract. They're all still there. And if the Vikings are just like, screw you, we don't want you here, then Madison is the workhorse. Like, so I, I don't think – I think what we'll see in terms of an ADP rise is kind of what Pollard was. Pollard was like in the 10th round just because he was a handcuff. And then he went all the way up to like round five, six. And like the initial reaction might be that's way too early of a pick. But if you kind of look at it, we'll say he goes to round six. Would you rather have Jarvis Landry or Julian Edelman? Or would you rather have Marquise Brown or Will Fuller? You know what I'm saying? So like the, the difference between what receiver you might take there compared to would you rather have Alexander Madison or Marlon Mack, Matt Burita, like stuff like that. So I think – when, when that ADP does jump, don't jump completely off the train. Look at why you might and then really think if you will. Like Pollard last year, I was all over him in the sixth round, the seventh round, because I didn't because the CBA rules weren't there. The Cowboys were in a money situation. They ended up paying him. Um, or I guess the, the Gurley one was a good one last year. Once people realized Gurley, Gurley's knee issue was legit, Henderson was like a sixth-round pick. That's another one where, like, yeah, take that every time because that is there. But then in reality, I think – I know we touched on Dalvin Cook. I don't think Madison's the workhorse, but still, if you're getting a RB1 workhorse handcuff in round six, it's well worth it instead of getting Hollywood Brown versus Will Fuller or something like that. And, of course, it all, it all comes down to the situation, obviously. I mean, if, if, if there was no contract issue, right, and it was just regular Dalvin Cook, I know we have the knee injuries, but he looked great down the stretch last year, whatever, and there was no contract issue, we would not be talking about Alexander Madison in the eighth round. You and I both love them, but I think it's more like a 10th round general handcuff area. But this particular situation at the time of this podcast is serious. Dalvin Cook could hold out, even if you get Alexander Madison for four games as the starter, just four games as the starter, then he's your backup. You're still getting a top five running back in the eighth round, mm -hmm. which is silly. So why not? At this point in your draft, you're obviously looking for the upside. You're looking for the value. You're looking for all these things. But again, I look in the eighth round, like I definitely want him over Marlon Mack, although I do like Marlon Mack, but he doesn't have a ceiling that Alexander Madison would. Uh, the tight ends, I'm going to pass for this. The qu quarterbacks, I'm going to pass. My guy is James White, who we all know that I love. But again, the upside of James White is not what Alexander Madison would be. James White just gives me a, a really basic, great flex RB4 <laughs> floor with his PPR ability. And we know that over the breadth of their career, James White has and Julian Edelman have both skyrocketed when Rob Gronkowski has been out of the lineup for the Patriots. Well, clearly that's the case because now he's in Tampa yeah. Bay. Now Tom Brady is also in Tampa Bay, but I think that the, the offense for Bill Belichick and, and uh, McDaniels remains the same. James White and Julian Edelman are that offense. So in my opinion, if you go with Edelman and I go with James White in the eighth round together with both Patriots, I think we'd be fine. We're bringing up Madison, of course, because of the Cook situation, which I totally agree with. Um, 
But for me, I'm going to go with James White just because I think it's a more realistic situation when all this is said and done. But getting James White, in my opinion, in the eighth round is a steal. Because even if he's your RB3 uh, or your flex, you're playing every week, great. I mean, he's got a 15-point floor, uh, and he, can, he could score two or three touchdowns uh, any given week, which he, which he seems to do. He also runs the ball, and I just don't believe in Sony Michelle outside of just strictly uh, getting the work. So I'm going to go with James White. You're going to go with Julian Edelman, and we'll both maybe have the alternate of Alexander Madison, if that's fair. I like that a lot. So that basically rounds out. Um, why don't you run through again, rounds one through eight, run through your picks, and I will do the same thing. And, again, this is not drafting a team. We are not mock drafting at all. We are simply looking at the current ADP for 12-team full PPR leagues, uh, and we're hand-picking our, our favorite pick uh, individually in that particular round. So, Lucas, one through eight, who would you uh, choose if you could in each round? Yep, so Dalvin Cook, uh, 109, I believe. Austin Eckler, CEH, basically just a PPR machine with the path to a wider RB1 or a workhorse. Adam Thielen, safe receiver. Calvin Ridley, Robert Woods, safe receiver. Tyler Lockett, safe receiver. Uh, Hollywood, I had an honorable mention. I kind of pivoted. Jarvis Landry, safe receiver. Tyler Lockett, safe receiver. Um, Brandon Cooks, huge upside, but in reality, I still think he's safe. Two people are just over-exaggerating it. And then Edelman or Madison, a combination of really both upside. I'll, I'll have a piece in the draft guide that I've started started to work on, like what is upside? Because I think – for some reason, the whole I don't want to finish fifth is like a thing this year. Like I see like multiple people talking about it and it just confuses me as to to why that is. Because like I think some people are talking about best ball. And obviously that's the case. You want to go all out for best ball because if you finish first, you win second through 90th. How many teams there are, you lose. So I'll have a piece on there. Like what really is upside in comparison to building a team? Um, but I think you kind of got the point of how I sort of broke it down in the podcast. Yeah, I think that's a great call. My eight picks here, uh, round one, Alvin Kamara, third overall. Um, I had him just behind Alvin Cook, but now, of course, with Alvin Cook, everything going on, I've dropped Dalvin Cook, obviously, and Alvin Kamara now is my third player off the board, leapfrogging his teammate, Michael Thomas. So I go CMC, Saquon, Alvin Kamara, number three overall. I'll take Alvin Kamara in the first round all day long. In the second round, I went with Chris Godwin, also with an alternate of Julio Jones. In the third round, Kenny Galladay, alternate George Kittle. Fourth round, Juju Smith-Schuster, that's my man, alternate, probably DK Metcalf maybe. I love Robert Woods and Calvin Ridley there. I don't think you can go wrong, as Lucas said, with the wide receiver options in the fourth round there. In the fifth round, Mark Ingram, just to solidify my RB2, RB3 role. I like that a lot. And then maybe if you were to go with a running back, or excuse me, a quarterback or a tight end, we're looking at Kyler Murray. Love that. Zach Ertz or Mark Andrews in the fifth round. I'm good with all those guys. Sixth round. Jarvis Landry as well is the one that we agree on, I think, throughout the draft. Um, and Dak Prescott as my alternate there as well. Seventh round, I'm going to go with Michael Gallup. I just don't believe C.D. Lamb's going to come in and take over. Even if he is, there's 83 targets for C.D. Lamb ready to go. That's great for a rookie. I think Michael Gallup stays at about 120. He should get his work, no problem. And then J.K. Dobbins, obviously my alternate if I get Mark Ingram there with the upside. Similar to Alexander Madison in the eighth round and my man James White because we got to stay on brand. And I love my man with the checkdowns. I think he's going to be just fine. And in the eighth round as an RB4 potentially on your team, I think that's an absolute steal. All right, man, that was fun. Uh, the top eight rounds for current ADP on the next episode, we're going to do rounds nine 
through 16 tomorrow. And we're going to do the same thing. But for rounds nine through 16, we're going to start adding in more quarterbacks, more tight ends, um, defenses and kickers are a part of this conversation in the later rounds because uh, while I know that kickers for sure, but defenses are getting faded out as well in a lot of leagues, um, they are still part of a lot of general home leagues. So those of you um, in standard work leagues, family leagues, uh, friend leagues, whatever, you're going to be playing with defensive kickers. So we'll be going over those as well. All right, man, let's get out of here. Why don't you give us uh, a, a brief heads up again? We got the draft guide coming out in just three weeks, man. Let us know what to preview quick and then I will get us out of here. Yep, we will be sending out the link this week. Uh, we probably should have touched on that at the beginning. I kind of forgot. Uh, to set up pre-order, you won't have to pay at the pre-order time. You can if you want, but that's not a requirement. It'll be pretty simple. Uh, it's a Google form. Just get to get your email pretty much, and then we'll email you with – or I guess Twitter or whatever we put on there so we can contact you um, to set up how you're going to pay, uh, when you're going to get access, all that stuff. So basically – Google form, fill that out if you're interested. We'll have the tier breakdowns. Um, the listener league will be attached to one of them, et cetera. So just look for that link. It'll have everything broken down for you. Um, and then you said three weeks, I believe, July 6th, it'll be coming out. Awesome, man. Really, really looking forward to that. And again, on the TCK Pod Listener League, everybody just hold tight. Uh, I know there's a lot of uh, hype for that. I've been getting blown up, which is awesome. I'm super stoked. We're going to have multiple leagues this year. I'm pretty sure it's been decided because we just have too much interest for one single league. So I'm excited about that. Uh, but Lucas and I are really deep in the weeds right now on um, the overall draft guide. So we need to focus on that for the next couple of weeks. But as soon as the draft guide drops, we will be turning our energy to uh, the listener league, of course, and we'll be, we'll be in touch there. So thank you for staying tuned to another episode of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. We've just broke down the top eight rounds of current ADP and our favorite players in each round. We're going to do the same on the next episode, 9 through 16. Make sure you drop a comment and a subscribe here on the YouTube channel. Make sure you share it out to your homies as well. Spread the word. We much, much appreciate it. Leave a rate and review on podcasts wherever you're listening. And please follow us on Instagram at fantasyfootball underscore TCK pod on Twitter at TCK underscore pod. You could join our Facebook group as well, the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast page. And our website is locked now due to the draft guide. Um, but again, Lucas and I will be dropping that form fill you can get at us and we will be unlocking that July 6th for those of you that participate in the draft guide. One more reminder, we are looking for two, I think we're going to throw it out to two because we could use some help, two participants that would like to contribute to our draft guide. We can offer you the draft guide, of course, free of charge with your contributions. Also, that will secure a position for you in the TCK Pod Listener League for this year if you so choose to participate so if you're interested dm us anywhere drop a comment here on youtube hit us up anywhere you'd like to and please let us know and we will uh, get you involved as soon as possible thank you so much have a wonderful rest of your tuesday we'll catch you tomorrow with rounds 9 through 16 with the current adp check-in this is another episode of the candlestick kids fantasy football podcast for lucas caser i'm sky guasco and we are out of here thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.